Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of Zeit's Hard Lemonade. I'm Jack O'Brien. That's Miles Gray. Ah, so refreshing. Uh, uh, and now I already have a headache from all the sugar. Yeah. But that's, um, the, that's the gateway booze for children of the 90s. Yeah. It's like the Jolly Rancher of alcohol. I think that was um, the first thing I got. No. Uh, before the school high school fair, we drank way too much Smirnoff ice and then drove to our high school. I don't know what the what the, what goes through the mind of a fucking teenager. Where you, was Goldschlager still a thing when you were first? Yeah, drinking? well, that was like the yeah, because we're, we're we're you know we're in the same orbit. That yeah. was always the back of the liquor cabinet shit that no one noticed was there. Because that was this. Right. I remember that was the first thing I heard kids were drinking. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Is that vodka? Is that gin? What is? I know those words. It was it's just so like cool. peppermint schnapps with flakes of gold in it, wasn't it? I, I, I never drank it myself. I just would uh. always, we would always see it and hear it. And I was always like, I'm going to drink this weird old cachaça that my dad bought 10 years ago that he doesn't know he has. That was the first thing I got real lit up on and went to a school dance and had a real right. blast. Goldschlager. Right. Shout out to the um, kids. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to the, the reckless ass teenagers. Yeah. Don't do that. Uh, all right. Let's tell the people what is trending. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the Lakers, all sorts of, of sports things are trending, but the Lakers being uh, numero uno. We talk about it a little bit on tomorrow's episode, Campeones. but I mean... Uh, we we can't really talk about this enough. Your team, uh, the team of team. the city in which uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is recorded, uh, has won the world yes. title. Uh, and how do you feel? I feel great. Thank you so much. I couldn't like have done champion. this without Jesus Christ, my Lord, and the support of my teammates <laughs> and my mother and father. Yeah, uh, I love it. It's it's really bitter bittersweet though because. In LA, like we gather around our sporting events, like that's the reason to have people over, and we having a barbecue and having fun because the Lakers are playing or the you know the Dodgers are playing, and it's getting the stakes are higher. And it was it sucked to like not be with like my usual group of people that I've always like celebrated the last at least five with since two thousand, yeah. um, especially like my family, like my grandfather, my dad. Like I'm I'm a Laker fan because of them. Yeah. So to not be able to share those moments, I think is it, it's actually tough. So it was weird. I I found myself being like screaming in my kitchen, watching on my cell phone, yeah. uh, to then like getting like kind of morose suddenly. Her Majesty's like, "But you guys won," and I'm like, <laughs> "Where's my grandpa? My my other what homies? was it all for?" <laughs> yeah, but other yeah. way, I will say this, man. It was it was a relief to watch the game be settled by halftime. Um, yeah. because I, the game, game five was a nervy affair, uh, oh, but it was man. a great game, but enough to make me be like, oh no, they are also capable of playing at a very high level. It was just more of like, can it be sustained? And once I saw Jimmy Butler leave that press conference after game five, I was like, thank God, like the man <laughs> yeah. destroyed his body in that game. Like he walked yeah. up like he had been in seven plane crashes. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that LeBron never... <laughs> never wears missed down. A postseason game too. Yeah, he's never what, missed a postseason game, and he's played and they, three seasons worth of postseason games. So, right. so in add addition on top to of the, right. yeah, add on top of all the games he's played, just because twenty seasons he's getting old and pl- was playing full season since uh, he got out of high school. Add three seasons on top of that, and this dude just never 
breaks down. Um, yeah. And that's the thing that like people who know basketball and like pay attention to him say is underrated about him is that this dude just like works on his body nonstop. Like that's yeah. he he works on his body like it's a full time job and then works on basketball like it's a full time job. So and yeah, credit to him and thank you for bringing one to L.A. Another one, because as he said, we are shitty. I remember when he signed, I was like, ah. We don't <laughs> like right, you know man. you remember this because I'm oh, shitty man. at the end of the day and it wasn't that like I didn't think he was a good player it's like more that you feel that it felt like it was cheating in a way because he is the best player so I'm like I liked when we had Kobe and we drafted him and we held on to him and we were doing able to do that it gives you a little more of like it feels a little bit more earned in that sense because I can already say see people being like oh yeah just assemble a super team and blah blah, blah. and I'm like yeah well guess what we did and shout out to Rob yeah. Palinka even though he didn't get it uh, the executive of the year but you know a fun fact was the year when Kobe was a rookie. The executive at the Hornets got executive of the year for trading for Vlade Divac and giving yeah. us Kobe. So yeah. it shows you this people don't really know what half Awards? these things mean. I mean, look at movies. They're imperfect. Like the, yeah. the best movie, the best movie d- rarely wins the Academy Award. You need yes. you need some hi- some scope. That's why it's but, all got to come from the inside. It's never external. That's right. That's right. Lakers fans have certain luxuries that other sports fans don't have, don't. and it can be a bit infuriating. But yeah, we're uh, up there with like Yankees fans. You know what I mean? Right. We're yeah. like used to it, and it's a there's a sense of entitlement without an acknowledgement of privilege. Um, yeah. But I do. I mean, I get it. We we're we're we have like the mythology of the franchise behind us, and a lot of legendary players, which is an, an attractive opportunity for people. And yeah, that helps in the city. Just not. happy to uh, see that you guys came around to having the best, the player greatest in player the world yeah. <laughs> on your on your team. Uh, no, there's still people who I, I I'll tell you this. I've seen some takes from people who are Lakers st- fans who are like, are like still whatever. not Kobe. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, you're come on, like let's. It doesn't you have to be so one to one. It's not your new dad. Okay. <laughs> like, you think fuck. the fact that he won a title with like the year that Kobe passed with like saying every game that they were doing it for Kobe, you yeah. think that would like bring people around. Well, but... they should have done it in the Mamba jerseys then. Right. Yeah, if he oh, was true. Fuck right off. If he was like, a real one. Yeah. yeah. Either way, Anyways. shout out to them. Shout out to my boy Rohan, who's the one of the videographers who has some of the best content. I I love you, man. And your IG stories have been fantastic to watch from someone on the outside who's wow. also a Laker fan. That's so dope. Yeah. Um, all right. And end Lakers talk uh, yep. for for all you non-sports heads. Uh, <laughs> Bill Burr was trending over the weekend. He uh, was Bill Burr, but it was like on a national SNL level stage. And so uh, a lot of people got in their feelings about it, basically talking shit about white women and white <laughs> liberal women and uh it was you know i i like bill burr i think he's a funny dude this is was this because i just saw a headline that his um monologue was just he did stand up for his monologue yeah like, he did SNL. stand up and to be honest like the the two takes i've seen is like people need to shut the fuck up like bill burr's hilarious all the time and then people being like that was the worst thing i've ever seen he wasn't funny and it was and it was like actually not his best 
Like he he kind of flubbed a couple punchlines and shit. Mm-hmm. Like I can I can see that argument, but like the points he's making are just like the points that he always makes, and like he has a very like well worn point of view. And sometimes it gets on my nerves. This one yeah. didn't really get on my nerves. Yeah, um, he can be a bit of a double edged sword sometimes. Yeah, for All sure. Right, full, and then other yeah. times I'm like, yeah, well, well, facts on that. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, Holocaust was trending. Why the fuck was Holocaust trending? I don't know. Because it's 2020. So I'm like, Jesus, what now? Uh, So Facebook has announced that they are going to now be taking down Holocaust denier content. This shit can no longer uh, live on their platform. They said we are just... We're, we're, we're banning all of this content. Any that's denying the HUD's just completely dis- destructive and disgusting. We will not allow it. The thing is, everyone's like, well, here's the other thing, bro. You were letting the Holocaust denial content bang on the platform for this fucking long. Like, you just now are like, all right, we made a decision. We realize it is bad to deny the Holocaust and that just genocide of people from the Second World War. We're just going to, we, that's our new policy. <laughs> So it's a bit of a head scratcher, but I think a lot of people too, like who are in the sort of tech news overlapping journalism sector, like, I think this is probably because they're looking at what they think is going to be the next administration and realize they need to get their shit together or get hammer smashed into a million bits. Um, so whichever way you look at it, it's a fucking bummer. <laughs> do you think, do you think, yeah, cause this, this came up. Uh, last week or a couple weeks ago when they decided to start banning Q posts, like the most right. just toxic, malignant, uh, you know, cult. Yeah, that, that veers uh, into anti- anti-Semitic tropes, the, too. Right. Uh, do you think an actual memo went around or like it was a, probably not put in writing, but somebody actually had a call where they were like, hey, it's looking more and more like we're going to... You know the polling, which yeah. nobody should pay attention to, but they probably do. Uh, that you know we could have a democratic administration. Like we need to start like banning, ban- banning right. like Nazis. Like right. we need to. We we can antagonize Nazis now. Like was was it a calculated approach that they were like yeah. Nazis get to bang? Yeah, I think it's it's also like. Okay, if we get too anti-Nazi, what does that do to our bottom line? What right. does that do to like? Can we have as much explosive growth if we're just like keep it completely just a hell-spun playground for just the worst kind of takes? Uh, but his fucking statement is like kind of eerie because I'll just. He's talking about today we've this is from Mark Zuckerberg. Today we've updated our our hate speech policy to ban Holocaust denial. They said we've long taken down posts that praise hate crimes. Uh, but with the rising rising anti-Semitism, we've expanded our policy to prohibit any content that denies or distorts the Holocaust as well. Then he goes down a little bit further, says, I've struggled with the tension between standing for free expression and the harm caused by minimizing or denying the horror of the Holocaust. My own thinking has evolved as I've seen data showing an increase in anti-Semitic violence, as have our wider policies on hate speech. Drawing the right lines between what is and isn't acceptable speech isn't straightforward, but with the current state of the world, I believe this is the right balance. It's not about mm. balance. Right. It's right and wrong. Like one is, it's clear, Holocaust denial is just absurd. Like, anyway, so I'm glad his thinking has evolved um, yes. on this very straightforward uh, topic. Yeah. Also, super producer Anna Hosnier pointed out that uh, being a professional basketball player is a full-time job. Uh, I was just going to say he... 
uh, with LeBron, I was saying he works on his body like it's a full time job. He he works on his game like it's a full time job. He works on his body like it's a full time job, and he's also like the spokesperson for all professional athletes. So he has like three yeah. different full time jobs, and I'm worried about each him, other, you know, because he's so busy taking care of everybody else. But what? Who's taking care of LeBron? That's what I'm saying. You know, he needs that's to why he said, on. "Just give me my respect, man." <laughs> That was it. That was an interesting. It was a less jarring, but uh, still interesting moment. Like it, it reminded me a little bit of Michael Jordan's uh, Hall of Fame speech, where he gets up there and is like, "Yeah, I know you've all been saying I couldn't do it," and it's like, "What? Yeah. No." Ooh, nope. But but it was just the the way that these really great athletes who are already like have already convinced ninety five percent of right. The, the population, they're great. They have to focus on that 5% that is still haters. Fuck the other 95. It's these 5%ers right. that I got to get. Skip Bayless is is doing uh, God's work, basically. Yeah, right. Oh, Jesus. Uh, John McCain is trending. Um, his mother Because his away. mother passed away. Roberta, she passed away at age 108. I forgot about this person. And I can't believe it. I was like... When I saw John, I'm like, what happened? His mom, I'm like, what is it, the anniversary of her passing away? I'm like, oh, she just, wow. Uh, so she was 108 years old. That is, I mean, I don't know anything about her, but I, my own grandmother, my mom's mom, she lived to be 102. Uh, God bless. Centenarian, man, man that shit is, a, that's a fucking vibe uh, right. when you get that old. Although, like, towards the end there, uh, depending on how how with it you are, it can be a little touch and go, but uh, it's, a, it's amazing when you're, like, kind of, like we all, the, this number of 100 is so like mythical, and you're like, damn, full sorority got to 108. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. 108 is <laughs> like that's that's uh leaving 100 in the dust. Yeah, uh, like 100%. His name's also trending because he has a book coming out where he like it's it was written before he passed, and he kind of uh takes some shots at Trump. Uh, so mm. uh, from beyond the grave, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, also, there's a story bubbling up, uh, or was bubbling up over the weekend that the Taliban uh, <laughs> endorsed, endorsed Trump. Yeah. Is that is that a thing they do? They normally endorse candidates. Like, um, do, I haven't really been in touch with their comms office that often. Right. Yeah, um, but I I think just like the New England Journal of Medicine, in a right. rare move, endorsed a political candidate, a presidential candidate, as did the Taliban. Yeah. But I have a feeling maybe they did before. It's weird because they they make it clear like, yeah, we like him because he's trying to get these troops the fuck out of here. Right. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I mean, right. sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if that affects your vote, um, please fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, guys. That is uh, it for this afternoon. We will be back tomorrow with a whole ass episode of the show. Uh, until then, be kind to each other, be kind to yourselves, uh, wear a mask, wash your hands, stay inside, and don't do nothing about white supremacy. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Bye. Thank you.